Till the tears run down from my eyes Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody Can anybody find me? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. What then wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? for a minute there. <laughs> we are Free Thinkers Radio. I am Ebony Dixon, the baby jumper. Hey, y'all. I'm Lexi. Hey, Stephanie McKinney. It's Rev Dre. I'm just saying. Ashley Thomas, the Hive Community Circle. Rashonda Pratt, a.k.a. The Rose Show Live. MC Raymond, a.k.a. Chris Davis. Sierra, better known as Cece Chanel. And I'm Ariel Martin. All right, thank you. We have a very large panel tonight, as you can see. We are talking about sexual assault awareness. It is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and we will be talking from a couple of different aspects and viewpoints on tonight. So please stay tuned in. Invite your friends on Facebook Live. Invite your mama, invite your daddy. Um, let everybody know what's going on. We hope to bring awareness and to help prevent any future assault. Um, so please stay tuned and feel free to think freely.
We're back, Free Thinkers Radio. Um, this is Ebony Dixon, and we have several panel guests tonight, and we are talking about sexual assault awareness tonight, and how important it is to bring awareness to these things and be able to talk about it um, in a comfortable, safe um, setting. And tonight, we're going to just um, dive in. Miss um, Roshanda. Yes, ma'am. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're here? Sure. Um, I'm known in the online space as The Rose Show Live. I'm a storyteller strategist and heartfelt producer. Could you please tell us what a storyteller strategist is? I'm so glad that you asked. Yes. So I work with brave female entrepreneurs and a couple of bold dudes and helping them uh, tell their story in a compelling and authentic way, Mm. monetize it, amplify their voice so they can connect greater to their community. Okay. That's what's up. Yeah. Okay. So as a storyteller strategist, I've worked um, close to 20 years in the television news industry. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also here tonight as a survivor of sexual assault. So I consider myself a vocal champion and advocate for those who are survivors, for them to understand the importance of speaking their story. Mm -hmm. For so many years, um, I I think the reason why I became a storyteller strategist is because as a survivor, I know what it's like to be silenced. Mm -hmm. And so when I finally found my voice I felt like it was my duty to go back into my community and help others find their voice as well and so as an advocate I have the great privilege of working with the Family Resource Center which is a nonprofit agency here in South Carolina mm-hmm. that helps uh, men women and children discover their voice and move from victim to survivor what gave you the courage to speak up I really what gave me the courage is it really happened when I was eight years old. I actually met um, a girl in my neighborhood mm-hmm. who kind of knew what was going on because it was happening to her. Mm-hmm. And she told me it was okay to say something. And though I never said anything, in the years that followed that, I really didn't speak what happened to me until I was in college. And I think that's when my life really started to come to a head and what was going on in my personal life, just being overwhelmed and the bad choices and the risky behavior that I was involved in and I really decided to confront the issue that was underlining in my life and it was the sexual assault that happened that I never talked about and I decided that it wasn't my fault anymore and I wasn't going to take ownership of that being my fault Mm. and that I was going to speak what they say quote unquote and a lot of people say this my truth and the truth is this happened to me Mm -hmm. and I know for a fact that I'm not alone and that was my healing process and my deliverance process actually with the Lord is that Rashonda, if you go through the dark places and you allow me to heal you and deliver you, I will bring other women, men and children across your path and you'll show them that it's possible. See, that's what your story does. Right. Your story gives people permission to know what's possible. Wow. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Um, Miss Ashley. Yes. Can you tell us about the Hive community? Yes, so I started the Hive Community Circle in 2014, mm-hmm. and we are a nonprofit. We provide prevention, intervention, and educational awareness in the areas of sexual assault and dating violence, um, with the emphasis in marginalized and isolated communities. Wow. Okay. And what was this? Um, what did you just have? I just so we just had a survivor summit. It was the first survivor summit in the state of South Carolina. Um, this year, the focus of the summit was on female survivors, nineteen and older, wow. as well as community advocates. How how did how did that go? It was an 
a very awesome and successful um, event. There were a lot of attendees that this was their first time ever sharing that, um, you know, that they were a survivor. And mm-hmm. that's really what the summit was about. It was about allowing individuals that have gone through a very similar experience to establish community, to know that you don't have to walk this journey alone because mm-hmm. there are others that have experienced this and you can have the support of one another as you move forward right. in your journey of healing. What made you put this all together? Uh, the organization as well as the, the summit? Yes. Uh, so as Roshanda has also shared, I too am a survivor wow. of sexual assault. And for me, I started uh, the Hive Community Circle after having the opportunity to share my testimony at a women's event. And I had so many women that came up to me after the um, the women's conference that shared, you know, thank you so much for sharing your story. I can relate to so many things that you shared. And, and it was from that that I said, okay, God, something has to come from this. Women, not just women, but, mm-hmm. you know, even men, there needs to be a space where people can come and they can walk in their truth and they're not judged. Mm-hmm. They're not faced with stigma or someone trying to decipher whether or not it actually happened to them and they can just be received and not just received, but given the tools and the resources they need to walk away empowered. And that's what the Hive Community Circle is about. Why do you think that um, it took you a while to speak about what happened with you? For me, um, it, it, it took me time because I had to I had to decide that I was no longer going to be a silent sufferer. Mm. It it was a personal decision. Um, and so, you know, it, it was, again, just realizing the impact that trauma had in my life and on the decisions that it caused me to make it influence me to make and no longer wanting to live that lifestyle and understanding that in order for me to break free from that, I had to be willing to cut down the root. And the root of what I was dealing with was the trauma of my sexual assault. And so I had to learn how am I not going to, how, how do I deal and manage my trauma in a way that it doesn't cause me or influence me to make negative decisions and understand what trauma looks like? And oftentimes we don't know that. And so the first step to my healing was acknowledging one, that it happened, and then two, being willing to open up and share with others that this happened. Um, and it was, you know, just from that, it was just like this release of, of power um, that came from being able to do that. Now, when you can you open up about what mm-hmm. you mean by living that lifestyle? Yes. What does that mean? So for me, um, the impact that trauma had on my life. You know, when when one goes when one experiences trauma, um, as it relates to sexual assault, the individual can either become oversexualized or they choose to distance themselves as far away from it as they can. Mm-hmm. And for me, it led to a promiscu- promiscuity. Um, and so it, it led to promiscuity. It led to, um, you know, low self-esteem. It led to depression. Um, and it also led to a very um, independent Mindset mm-hmm. So much so that that even entered into my marriage where I didn't want to be controlled. So, so for me to submit, that was like, whoa, that's no, no, I'm, I'm not submitting. And it and and understanding that it had nothing to do with my husband. Mm-hmm. My husband was great. 
he was always worthy of me submitting to because number one he was my he's my husband but it was because I anytime I felt like I was giving someone power mm-hmm. over me I automatically begin to pull back um and and so again it's you know, as it relates to me coming forward, it was the promiscuity. Mm-hmm. It was the risky behaviors and just really not making um, sound decisions. You know, very successful always in my life and academically. But when it came to my personal lifestyle, I did not make wise decisions. Roshonda, can you relate to um, living a, t- a type of lifestyle because of what happened to you? Totally. I could totally relate to that. I know that I look very clean up right now. (laughs) But, oh, a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. I was a hot mess. Mm -hmm. Um, Much of what Ashley said is very true when it comes to my story as well. Um, Very successful in school. Mm -hmm. Always was uh, the leader in my class, senior class president. Um, Voted most popular. Everybody loved me. Was in pageants. Always involved in something. But at night, I was always come home crying and feeling defeated because I really had low self-esteem and I felt like my voice didn't matter. Mm. I felt like um, what I had to say wasn't really important. And that's why it was so important for me to find my voice and discover who I am and not let this situation, this incident, further define who I was as a woman. And I felt like every major personal decision, it defined who I am. Mm. I mean, even when I talk to college uh, ladies and, and they tell me oh well you know I'm getting a degree in this I don't let that fool me because I was you know known as the Oprah on my campus and I was getting a degree and I was you know as they say doing all the media stuff but on the inside thinking about and I'm just gonna be real here thinking about on the weekends you know making some quick cash right I won't go into details about what that means, but I think you could pick sense out of nonsense, as they say, right? all right. So, I mean, again, when that defines all of your decisions, the friends you have, the men you keep in your life, the relationships, how you treat yourself, how you dress yourself, all defined by that situation, I decided that I no longer let it define me, but I was going to write a new narrative. I was going to write a new story. (laughs) Wow. Y'all, y'all, some firecrackers down there. Like, like that—that's that, some good stuff. And I think that um, the fact that you put this summit on—I I hope that this is the beginning of yes. many more. Yes. Um, that and people that are listening to this that um, feel the same way that you all have felt—that um, this will start something. You know, um, transformation in the lives of those um, listening and um, who've had to go through that and are still dealing with it. Because um, I don't think that everybody gets to that point. Um, I still know, I know some older women right. who still have not yet dealt with things that happened to them in their childhood. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what what is a starting point for someone who really just has pushed it so far in their mind that they have actually forgot about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had a couple of situations at the agency at the Family Resource Center where we've had people who are in their 60s, their 70s, wow. who come to the agency for free counseling. That's what's really great about the Family Resource Center. We offer free counseling. Everything we do is free. And they may have been at the family reunion and found out. We'll come right back with that.
my roof flying by Wondering who am I My hoodie on, it's getting cold outside Let's make a bonfire and sing the songs of grace that light the sky up Like sky lanterns, we light the night up I'm wondering how we made it this far, it's just crazy to me The reg from Amazing Grace, somehow you still love me You still love me, a work of progress and I'm far from finished You made a way for me, you gave my life a new beginning when I thought that it was ending yeah, This yeah. that song I play when it's turbulence Shaking on the plane uh, Tell my wife that I'ma be okay If God is for me I won't be afraid uh, I go wherever I don't need a name My past is gone I don't see the shame yeah. Love is one I can't see the pain They don't know how I could be this way Yeah, yeah. Uh, Looking at my life I don't even know how we made it this far The beautiful actions You broke down a wall to my place In my place you was scarred Yeah yeah, this is a song for a new generation, the king of kings it, and the so. lord of right. lords. It's like we, um, sometimes I think we, we talk about it in the church, but we, um, when it comes to maybe leaders or their family members, people are sometimes hesitant to step forward or say something in fear of embarrassing their family or, mm-hmm. um, or you know, in that sense with the church, I think it's a, it's a little struggle. Yeah, we're um, talking about sexual assault awareness and... Um, I think in any situation, it's a struggle because of the uh, things tied to it. Like we were talking about the shame, the guilt, um, why people stay silent. And um, we left off with you saying that you have um, free programming. Yes, at the Family Resource Center, where I'm a volunteer, Mm -hmm. we actually have uh, free services Mm -hmm. for all those who come in there from counseling to uh, for the victim, uh, so for the family. We also work and give forensic interviews, so that way when we have identified the perpetrator, Mm -hmm. uh, that way we can use that when it comes to persecuting that person. It's holding that person accountable, and it's all free services. And um, the thing that is so important, and the reason why I want to continue to advocate for this is it is so so imperative that people understand that these agencies cannot just rely on grant funding. Mm-hmm. We have got to be able to earmark money to be able to continue the great work that these agencies do in our community. Right. Because I don't, I didn't have a family resource center. Right. I didn't have the ability as a young child to go to a place where someone would tell me, no, what is going on is, is not right mm-hmm. and it's not your fault. And let's help you through the counseling. I didn't have that. Right. I had to wait till I got to college and let Jesus do a deep work. Mm-hmm. But what the work that this center does, even to the point that they go in the schools and teach the parents, uh, teach the teachers mandatory reporting and help the students wow. identify what is going on, safe touch, what is not appropriate. And to the point that we even had our executive director, Rosalind Moses, do a talk and kids will raise their hands, five, six, seven kids, and say, Miss Rosalind, that happened to me. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say that um, sometimes we just kind of brush things off as like, oh, that wasn't that bad or whatever. Just like I was um, talking with Miss Sierra, we were talking about um, things that might take place in the workplace and how sometimes we don't think it's that serious. Can you Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yes. um, Coming from a corporate America standpoint and as an HR as HR um, for a very major company. Um, is it here? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, definitely, it's not. It's not as visible, mm-hmm. um, b- because a lot of it is verbal, in the in the restaurant world, mm-hmm. and people don't 
take uh, in consideration of the verbal sexual ab abuse. Mm -hmm. um, definitely physical um, sexual abuse do happen, um, but definitely it's it's out there. Right. And so coming from the workplace, we do have to be cognizant of um, what we say, how we say it, um, inappropriate touching. And so some people, uh, what they do is, you know, it happened once, it's playful until it happens the 10th time and then they want to report it. And it's like, what happened to the first time? Mm -hmm. You know, oh, you thought he or she was just playing and you now it gets serious and it's like, now I want to report this person. And so it's just like, why did not, why did you not um, report it the first time? And it, sometimes it can be playful, mm -hmm. you know, in their minds until they get serious. And then sometimes it's just like everyone else. I just didn't want to say nothing. But now that it hurts so deeply, I need to report that. So as HR, um, I do demonstrate and do um, throughout the orientation and stuff, you know, um, uh, you know, how it happens and um, what is said and what not to say and what not to do. And, you know, it's um, shoulder up touching, you know, you, you know, it's certain things you can't do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's so silly. Mm -hmm. Certain things you just cannot do. And so, um, yeah, not everyone follow those rules. You know, and er within any organization business, you know, there's policy and procedures. Right. And um, when it comes to that sexual assault, I think that some people do not um, take it as serious mm -hmm. on the first go round. You know, um, in a restaurant, oh, I, I just slapped you on the, you know, backside or, or something. You yeah, know, that, and, that, that ain't that's, that's serious funny. right there. But that's it funny. happens. <laughs> Catch your elbow or something. But understand, mm -hmm. but you know, it happened. Mm -hmm. And in you cannot take that as something to play with. You know, um, just as, for an example, if you're in the street and a guy comes and do that, what, what oh, I, I like that. Mm -mm. Well, what are you going to say? Right. My point exactly. Mm -hmm. It must be reported. And definitely in the workplace, it has to be reported. Um, like I said, they take it for granted and they want to wait till it gets too physical. Mm -hmm. No, take it to HR or your manager right then and there right. um, so it can be nipped in the bud. That's good. So that that's a part of the training that you all do? Oh, certainly. Right. Certainly. Right. Um, that's a part of our process. That's a part of, you know, our policy and procedures to teach them um, how to, you know, encounter with people physically and, you know, and what are the sexual assault words? You know, you cannot say, you know, things as such as, as little as oh I'm gonna take you home tonight girl or you know oh I just wanna do you know you mm -hmm. you cannot say that mm -hmm. um, it has become so strict in corporate America and I think it is necessary I, I believe I because agree. you do not know what people have already been through that's in right. life that's right and then again some people who have not been through that mm -hmm. does not know how to report that right you know yeah we hear it through orientation and training but hey our biggest thing is we're trying to get to this job you know we mm -hmm. just want to make it through here but it is very imperative that you do pay attention through orientation and training with any job and please read your manuals right. your policy and procedure manuals so therefore you will not have that happen to you and then you will know what to do and what to say mm. because it's very very deep I mean just as and people are very Oh my God, just because he said that? Oh, yeah. you're going to report that just because he or she said that? Of course I am. Mm -hmm. You know, why not? Yeah, I think it that's... It offended me. Yeah, 
that that's a good way to lead by example because a lot of people do just act like, oh, that wasn't that big of a deal. I need to go talk to upper management about exactly. that. And I do think that things get out of hand because of that. Yeah. Um, so if there's something going on at your workplace, people, you need to report it. Please do. Like um, have a paper trail, you know, yes. um, so that it won't just be like this is just the first time and it's been going on for the past two years or so. Um, so I think that that's very important. Um, yeah. So, um, Chris, coming from a male perspective, what do you have to say according to this subject? Um, oh. Well, yeah, it is for for men. It's 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 bad too, um, because for a man, when you've been sexually assaulted, the you got the shame of oh my god, I can't believe this happened to me. I don't want to talk about it because I'm afraid somebody's gonna laugh at me or think that I'm gay or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's you know it's 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 so it, it has a mental. A, a very deep mental effect on men. Um, I know for me, I became just god awful violent. I literally, I started crying out for help when I almost killed my own child mm. because uh, I said something about it and the person laughed and I just lost it. And um, so, I mean, it has an effect. Um, and I would say in families, because I heard someone talk, talk about that earlier. You have to talk and you have to open the channel of communication. Um, you know, it took 35 years before I finally got to that point. And when I, you know, talked to my mom about it, she was like, oh, well, yeah, he had raped his sisters, but we didn't think he was going to do anything to you. Oh, wow. And I'm sitting there like, really? He raped his own sisters. And so I guess, he, no, he's not going to touch me. And, but they knew this before. Right. They left me with him. Right. Mm. And so that was the thing that was like, you know, you talk about, you know, piling some more stuff on top of it. Right. It was like, it ain't like y'all didn't notice. Y'all knew this. And the problem is because the family was so like, well, we don't talk about what goes on in the family. So you just continue to let people get hurt by the perpetrator. But you know something's wrong. So you can't be, you know, you I, this, this is my cousin, this is my uncle, whatever. You love them so much that you protect them because you end up causing more damage in the family. And from the, the spiritual struggle, the natural struggles, all of those things that could have been prevented by just telling on that joker, put his butt in jail mm-hmm. so he can't hurt nobody else. Yeah, and you got to have the support of the family, especially those that know and the adults. Well, and that's the problem. I mean, for me, when it happened as a child, I was like, you know, I went to tell tell my mom and dad, and I, I mean, I'll never forget it. My mom's like, she picks me up right after this happened and said that was her favorite nephew. Mm. I mean, and that just stayed in my mind for years because this man just put a gun in my face and then, you know, it, you know, just did what he, you know, did what he did, um, and so I said, Mom, I don't ever want to go back up there. And then it's like a month later, she takes me back up there. And that's when he, he tried to go, you know, and that's when I started fighting. Because he tried to then do something that was even worse than what he did the first time. I don't even know what to say about that. Like, that's, um, that's sad to me that um, we don't have more communication uh, open in our families where we can talk about things that are serious you know I know a lot of times I'm like oh they're just a child they might be telling the truth they might not be but it's worth um, taking a look into 
Um, we have to have real well, conversation. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Ebony. No, no, no. We have to have real conversation with our kids. Mm-hmm. Right. I right. can totally identify with that because, you know, um, having a conversation with my parents and one of the things my mom asked, she's like, well, why didn't you ever say anything? I was like, well, listen, my parents are from the Caribbean. My mm-hmm. mom and dad are from Trinidad and Tobago. My mom is the West Indian version of Medea. I didn't want her. <laughs> listen, we, she, she loves the Lord now. She loves the Lord. <laughs> but I didn't want her to go to jail. And so I took it as my personal responsibility to protect her. her. And then also there wasn't really real conversation about our bodies and about safety. And as a parent of a 11 year old, an almost 10 year old and a six year old, I made it my duty and responsibility to teach my children no nicknames for your body parts. Right. This is what God called right. me. Exactly. This right. is real conversation. Mm-hmm. No one has the right to put their hands on you. That means whether it's grandpa, whether it's Nana, or whether it's a teacher at school or someone at children's church, no one has the right. right. And you should feel okay telling mommy and daddy, we're not going to blow up, we're not going to get mad, but our job is to protect you and be mm-hmm. a good steward. We're not having those kinds of real right. conversations. Mm-hmm. Still in 2017, Mm -hmm. with the internet and everything that's going on, we're still not having real conversations with our children. No. What at what age did you um, start talking to them bluntly? Three, two, and three. Mm -hmm. As soon as they could identify Mm -hmm. what was going on and that their Mm -hmm. body is different, you know that six-year-old son of mine. He was a free, free spirit. I like to call him. (laughs) Sometimes pants. He just kind of, you know, freestyling it. (laughs) Mom's out there. Boys know what I'm talking about. That's mine. Yes. So I mean, we just had to have the real conversation. But seriously, Mm -hmm. just having a real conversation. And my mom was shocked Mm -hmm. because. When he went over to grandma's house and she was giving him a bath, he said something to her about it. Mm-hmm. Grandma, you're not supposed to touch. And she called me horrified. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you told him that. And I said, why? Right. See, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. We shame our bodies mm-hmm. yeah. and yep. we teach that's them true. that this is a shameful thing mm-hmm. and this is what God has created. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes an even more shameful thing when something happens to you and it's double shame. Mm-hmm. And right. why? When we can just be honest with children, they should be learning that in the home anyway exactly. and definitely not in school. So Mm -hmm. I was just like, no, he needs to know. As soon as they have an understanding, this is what it's called. We don't use nicknames. Say what it is. Mm -hmm. Yep, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm. I've been like that with my nieces ever since I had them. I had them for a whole summer when they were one and five, and. You know, as soon as I taught her about her body, we driving down the street. She just yelling out, Ebony, vagina. I'm like, we we ain't got to talk about that right now. As long as you know, you know, you know. So, I mean, yeah. And I always, I'm always straight up with them. Always. Like whenever they're my, um, I get them sometimes on the weekends and I'm like, what y'all want to talk about? Y'all want to talk about this? Talk about that? Like just, I'm open. I'm an open book. And I let their parents know. When your kids come to stay with me, I talk to them very bluntly. Like, so if they have any questions, I'm going to answer them. And then it's up to you to expound on that when they get home. If they feel the need, they want to talk to you about it some more. So um, I do believe that it is very important to be able to talk very bluntly and clear to the youth around us, the children in our homes, so on and so forth. Um, And I just was going to say, Ebony, that that like that's the work. That right. it, it starts that, you know, yes, because we pr- I go in the schools and I do prevention sessions on, um, you know, what it, what sexual assault is and even around dating violence. But as she said, it starts in the home. Mm-hmm. And so parents, you know, we want as a community have to get to a place where um, we're OK with someone from the outside coming and 
teaching us how to have a conversation with our children that can seem a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but but we have to be willing to have that conversation because when you do, you're preventing, you know, you are preventing something that could potentially take place, you know, to your child. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, it we, and we also as a community have to get to the place of being okay with talking about it. Right. And as he said, you know, his mom really just brushed it off. It was no concern in regards to how did this make you feel or you know what do you, you know it, there was nothing in regards to how do I support you you know as my son and I think that for us in the African American community we have to move from this place of just trying to pull ourselves up by the bootstrap mm-hmm. because we've been taught to be strong and we take being strong as I don't need to talk about right, it right, and I can just right, get over it right. and that's not the truth it's not the truth it has been more detrimental than anything yeah um Miss Ariel, I know we were talking a little earlier about um, you said that you mentor young ladies um, back in your hometown at, at the high school. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I do. So I'm also a survivor of sexual assault. Um, and it happened when I was really young, um, a little girl. And it was my brother's best friend who had did it. And actually, I didn't tell my parents who it was just until last year. And... Um, so going through that whole experience, uh, I just tried to brush it off. I wanted to be strong. I didn't want it to seem like it was bothering me, but it seemed like everything was crashing down when I went to high school. I started to get depressed. I became really suicidal. So the one thing that helped me, um, my mom, my mom made it very okay to speak with me. Um, but me being the independent person that I am, I did not want her to worry about me. But once when she really pushed me, um, she had, because I was still a minor, she made me go get help, the help that I needed. So experiencing all that in high school, it led me to getting pregnant. And it all came from the seed of being sexually assaulted when I was younger. So... My mom's a substitute teacher in a high school, and when she sees these high schoolers, especially the young girls or the young boys, who she can tell that they're going through the same things that I went through because she can see the changes that they're going through. And there's so there's so many high schoolers right. that are going through this right now, especially in this day and age. Um, she thinks that, well, why not? Because there's only, so far a substitute teacher can go with the students because you can't get too personal. So she suggested them to talk to me because I'm not too much older than them. And also I don't work in the school so I can get a little bit more personal with them. And I also understand where they're coming from. So I don't judge them like when I was their age. I thought people were going to judge me, mm-hmm. especially the church. My dad's a minister. My mom's an evangelist. I did not want them to judge me. I was so shameful of everything. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what brought me to start mentoring young high schoolers that it's okay to go and ask for help. Because personally, for me, it was easier to talk to a stranger that I didn't know. Because mm-hmm. if someone doesn't know you, how can they judge you? Then it was to talk to a parent or a family member. So that's why I do like to help high schoolers. Because hopefully, I pray that they don't have to go through the same things that I did if they get help in the early stages. All right. Wow. 
And that brings me um, to your uh, Miss Stephanie. Yes. You wrote a book about um, teen dating. Yes. Um, thank you for this time to be able to share it and to hear all of everyone's stories. And it brought out a couple of things. Um, one, the book Better Than That. Um, and that's your book? That's the name of the book. Okay. Yeah, Better Than That. It's a teen novel, but we also turned it into a, a teen stage play. Okay. And it was held in Sumter uh, last last month. And one of the things is in the book that it brings awareness to, um, as she says, high schoolers, teenage mm-hmm. girls who are going through either teen dating violence mm-hmm. um, and also being sexually assaulted because one of the characters actually deals with that situation as well as the other four girls. Four girls are dealing with low self-esteem, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with the color of their skin and, and dealing with whether one girl is dark skinned and she's heavy set and feeling the shame or the embarrassment. But even as they were sharing different stories about what their experiences were and the shame because the shame is what keeps us silent. And I thought about um, another book that I wrote, Clutch Your Pearls Girl, mm-hmm. Sister Wisdom to Protect Your Heart. And in one of the chapters, I talk about stolen pearls. Mm. And in that chapter, I share a story that that I experienced that I had when I was a senior in high school. A young man, I called it, he stole my pearls. Mm-hmm. He took from me. I did not have a consent to say yes or no that I wanted to have sex with him. He just took it. And I called it Stolen Pearls. But one of the things that the editors was, as she was reading the book, she says, why do you have this chapter in the middle of the book? Why don't you have it in the beginning? And I said, I don't know. And I started crying and she started crying. I said, it's Mm. the shame. I said, I've been embarrassed to not even tell people that that happened and even Mm. I didn't even tell my father what happened even though when I walked into the house um, I say he put something in something I was drinking Mm -hmm. because I blacked out and I do not know what happened only thing I remember is being with him and then when I came to he was on top of me having sex with me Mm -hmm. so I didn't get an opportunity to say yes or no Mm -hmm. for that matter and um I still have not shared it and I was not open with it for years until I put it in that book and I wrote Stolen Pearls and I began to share how um, sometimes people are ashamed of what their experience is because um, you don't want nobody to know that, oh, I shouldn't have really been with him alone anyway, so whatever, but Mm -hmm. still... I still had a right to say no, mm. and I was not given that right. And so um, in the book, I share about how this young girl, she deals with um, being, um, she goes with through this teen dating violence um, with her boyfriend, and then also her mother's boyfriend tries to assault her. And so that is just to bring awareness. And even as the young lady talked about uh, girls in high school, um, I have a, a girls mentoring group at a high school that I work at as well. Okay. And um, I think that is such a good thing that you're doing mm-hmm. because of the mere fact that it's needed because it was one young lady who came to me. I mean, these high school girls, You sometimes we look at kids and we wonder why are they acting out? Why are they right. acting so bad? They just right. bad. That's they right. just bad or they just fast mm-hmm. or whatever. But if we take the time to find out the core of the right. badness That's or right. the, the behavior and see why it all started, sometimes we'll hear these stories of, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, they've gone through more than 
I've ever gone through. And so um, there's been different experiences and people would just come and girls would talk to me and share some of their experiences. And even working um, years ago at DJJ, um, I can remember the girls were coming into that group home and I was like, you know, we think about, oh, they so bad, they so bad. But when you sit out and hear their stories mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah. what they've been through and see if we would take the time to listen to the story mm -hmm. and, and, and begin to... Um, not allow them to make them feel ashamed or judge them or look at them crazy. You know, like when they say, well, so-and-so touched me. You know, we don't, want, we don't want to react. We want them to feel comfortable mm -hmm. and have a safe environment. So I think this is a great talk. And I think it's very good as um, Ro was talking about sharing it with her children. I did that right. with my boys, too. I was yeah, like, um, nobody should touch you. Mm -hmm. and, and oftentimes, I'm, t I'm sorry, but I would check them mm -hmm. to make sure they were not violated. Right. And so, and if anybody touch you, I don't care who it is. I said, I don't care if it's me or your daddy, mm -hmm. your auntie, your cousin, whatever. Mm -hmm. You tell on us. Mm -hmm. You yeah. tell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and don't worry about if the person tells you, um, well, your parents gonna get hurt or so and so gonna get hurt. Mm -hmm. This that another. They gonna whatever. Don't worry about that. Mm -hmm. You tell what's going on with you and I think that is so important and like what we've said in the black community we don't do that right. and that's something we need to begin to really stand up and talk about Pastor Dre what's good do you have anything to add with that um, I guess just in dealing with um, my ministry assignment came out of my misery uh, my ministry actually came out of uh, and it's, it, I was listening I was trying to be patient um, because it happened more to men then it's reported. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and when it happens wow. with men, especially if you're a student athlete and you grow up and you're popular and you got all the girls, but nobody don't know you're trying to heal yourself from, mm -hmm. from, from your hurt at eight. Wow. Yes, sir. And even in the church, it was a taboo topic. So when I would study the Word of God, I was looking for how God was bringing people out. Okay. So my optic is, okay, let me look at this text and let me see how you're bringing people out. Well, the reason I'm looking to see how you're bringing people out is I need you to bring me out of something I ain't never told nobody. Right. Because it was something that I couldn't talk about. Mm -hmm. And and when I went through my divorce with my children's mom, because I was a heck of a dad, I was a heck of a father, but I was a horrible husband mm -hmm. because I didn't know how to be faithful. I didn't know how to be committed because no matter what I was, I was a good dad. But having the three children, actually four, I had my younger daughter when I was 16, having her and having them, I knew how to protect them, but I didn't know how to be free because men didn't talk about it. You know what I'm saying? The first time I saw Antoine uh, Fisher's story, I thought somebody stole my life story mm -hmm. because that was that mm -hmm. was me mm -hmm. and I was violated by a friend of the family and I thought it was my fault because all I wanted was the pop uh, and so he said if you do this I'll give you this mm -hmm. and then it felt like it was my fault because if I wasn't greedy I wouldn't have done that but right. and I went through years of that and the way I, I healed myself I was good at dancing dressing and, and sex that's what I was good at. And in the midst of that, I was trying to heal myself, but I loved God at the same time. Mm -hmm. And the church did not address the issue. It mm -hmm. was an issue that the church didn't address. So when God called me to preach, I didn't want to preach because I thought the preachers were fake. Mm -hmm. I thought they preach. talked about everything but what was really going on. Mm -hmm. And the right. sad thing about it, some of it was going on from, right. from them, right. you know, by them. And so in the midst of my own my own pain, I said, okay, you call me to preach, but you know I'm not going like, to be like the average preacher. You know I ain't going to fit in with the crowd. And you know I'm going to have to deal with the real issues. So I like working with the people don't nobody else want okay. because I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. yeah. So in the midst of that, you know, 
um, uh, like I said, my misery had become my ministry. And what I thought was going to kill me, was mm. designed to kill me, it was used to give other people life. But while I was helping them, God was healing me. Yes. And so the, the strength of that is when, when men talk, when people talk, period. But when, when men talk, yes. it gives a validity to everybody that you can open your mouth, especially when mm-hmm. young yes. people hear my story. I tell it in the third person sometime when I'm in the school setting or motivational speaking. And when I ask them, do they want to meet meet my friend and you can't laugh at him and you better not because he's still my friend mm-hmm. and they like yeah and I say well you're coming through the back door and they all turn around and when they turn back I'm like I'm sorry my friend is standing on stage mm. you know I am Andre Carl Barnes mm-hmm. I'm Carl is my middle name and so I would tell the story about my friend Carl mm-hmm. and uh, when they find out it's me man I mean real G's I mean real thugs I mean real yo, yo Mr. Barnes can I holler at you yeah. Because now, yeah. they, because right. there was nobody there to protect them, they right. found a way to protect yeah. themselves. So mm-hmm. somebody just said, I think it was you still, mm-hmm. was talking about the, how they act out of their pain. Right. You know, and so when people are acting on it, if you take my voice from me, you take my authority away. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when I when I freed myself to be free, I, I didn't even fit in with preachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because many of them would uh, pimp people's pain to keep them dependent on them. And my yep. assignment was to liberate them. Right. And church people didn't like me because they thought I was arrogant. But it wasn't that I was arrogant. I'm a survivor and I'm free. Mm-hmm. And what you don't like about me is the fact you see that I'm free and okay. you still in bondage. Right. Oh, so you better right. teach. You better <laughs> teach. Yes. And you may not like me, but you need me. Right. Yeah. And I need you. That's the tough part about it. You know, you overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and the words of your testimony. Mm-hmm. But you can't testify without opening your mind. That's right. That's right. That's man. Yes. That's good stuff. I love it. Especially when you're talking about the thing that um, that freed you. That's that's your that's part of your ministry. That's it. That's it. And listen, Ab. The thing that is so liberating about it, there are more of me. Then they're, then they're not they're That's more, real. You know You're touched by your cousin You're touched by Some people learn sex From their sister Incest yeah, And different yeah, things like yeah. that They go through The discovery phase We don't talk about it Enough anyway In the church Or in our, right. our society mm-hmm. And then it leads To mental illness I guarantee uh, yes, you yep. I guarantee you yes. That boy that just Shot that 71, 74 year old man Yesterday And called himself a Q mm-hmm. I'm looking in his eyes I guarantee you He's It's going to come out That he was violated Somewhere on, And out of his pain he said, I'm hurting. Everybody's taking me for a joke. Now I'm finna hurt somebody right. else. Because right. the, the yep. thing is, hurt mm-hmm. people hurt people. Yeah. That's right. That's you, real. You dig? Exactly. And, and, and I listening yeah. to everybody that was oh, talking, that. we manifest our, you know, we generally try to heal ourselves where we hurt. Right. But the thing that's beautiful about survivors, we didn't got to say a word. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. know each other when we see each other. That's Come real. There's something about you. <laughs> yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We got a strength and we got a weakness. But yeah. you got to learn to employ your weakness Maybe. too as a part mm-hmm. of your strength. That gives you balance. I call that salvation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. 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 Yes. Word. You said yeah. you dropped the mic. Yeah. I mean, you dropped all the mic. You just went on the mic. He said something that's very important, though. We need men in this conversation. Yeah. I think so often when we talk about sexual assault, we think you see women, women in the mm-hmm. forefront. Mm-hmm. You see women who are advocating. You see mm-hmm. women who are speaking up. Mm-hmm. But we need men yes. to be a part of this dialogue and conversation. Here come the challenge. You need men not males oh, that's it yes. okay. males males use it to their advantage to continue to perpetrate pain yeah. that's right right and share it with the with the objective of saying i don't care what you think about me mm-hmm. i'm trying to help you be free while i'm trying to free myself, myself. The, the reality yeah. of it is these ministries and these the books and the things mm-hmm. that we do mm-hmm. we say we wrote it for other people 
No, we didn't. Yeah. We wrote it to help us <laughs> out. And we do it to liberate ourselves because yes. it gives yeah. definition to our madness. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's real. Yes. What? A um, message in the mess. Right. I love it. <laughs> I hope, Miss Ariel, that you are encouraged because even as I was talking to you and you were talking about how you um, mentor the young ladies, I, there's still a, a sadness. It's still there. Uh, allow, me, allow me as a man. See, the reality of that is, uh, uh, do me a favor, move your hand. Let her be with this for a minute. Check this out. No, no, real talk, real talk. This is how we run to save people from right. from a God-ordained yes. assignment. Come and on. them tears say she's still alive. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so I was listening to her, and as a father and as a man, I can see that the damage is still there. The pain is still there. You haven't forgiven, look at me, you haven't forgiven yourself. Mm-hmm. And in the process, I, I understand that feeling, though, mm-hmm. especially when you got people in the church. You know, I was raised in the church. You know what I'm saying? So... I supposed to know better. Yeah, but you ain't dealing with what I'm dealing with. You know what I'm saying? You're not even addressing it. You're shouting over my real stuff. And what you're doing is freeing yourself. Even in this conversation right now, we can see that you're still withdrawn, but you need to hear from a man, because it was a man that violated you, that you can live through this. But it's going to take you being around godly men or men that believe in you and don't want nothing from you, dog. Thank you. And help you breathe through here. You hear me? And you will make it because you're brave in being here, one. Mm-hmm. But you will make it through because now you have some definition. How old are you? I'm 21. I am jealous of you. Yeah. Ask me why. Why? I didn't deal with this madness in my life till I was 32. Yeah. 31 yeah. years old, going through a divorce, and I finally confront my abusive mother. I confront my dad who wasn't there to protect me. And I confronted the guy that violated me because it was forgive him or kill him at the time because yep. I didn't have nobody to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. So seeing you here at 21, yes. your baby is not a mistake. Actually, mm-hmm. your child probably saved your life. Hear me. My daughter at 16, we discuss it now. She's 36 years old, 35 years old. You ready? I thought I left home to save her. She was born to save me because if, mm. if she hadn't have been conceived, mm. I would probably been a, 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 a casualty of my environment. So you just hold on and you be encouraged. And what you do is you continue to do this until because I used to minister at first, Ebony, the real talk, real talk and stuff. You probably y'all can identify this. Uh It came out as anger at first because I was still pissed. Mm -hmm. Hello. So I ministered myself through. I, yeah. I testified myself through. Yeah. Now yeah. it doesn't hurt. Now when people say, "Oh, that, I'm scared that happened for, happened to you," no, it was good for me Thank that you. I was afflicted. <laughs> that God chose me or trusted me with this. Yes. Because I now He said, "I will make you stand before millions." You, you understand? Yeah. I'm gonna set you before people. Why? Because Sorry. we're in a generation now that needs the authentic Amen. and Amen. need to know that God Amen. can deal with all our mess. God yes. didn't cause it, but He kept you in it. Yes. You will, right. you will live, and you will not die. That's right. You will have a testimony for His glory. And when I said, "You will be a testimony, daughter." You know what I mean? So yes. funny because that is not the first time I've heard that. Okay. <laughs> and when I first have been told that, I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Because I was I was so sick of church people. Come on now. Mm-hmm. I was so sick of church people and fake pastors. Yeah. I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Get out of my face. Uh. But obviously, you saying this now, it has so much meaning. Well, it got meaning for it because I'm you. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, that's just our genders changed. And if you're sitting over there, you're looking at you in your future. Hey. So what you see now is the fact that wait a minute, you, this you, man. Yeah. You'll be telling somebody else this. That's I mean, you look around see. and you see the the the, the, the Oprah of her, her campus, or you see this daughter that started her, you know, home, mm-hmm. or the author of a book, or I'm author of mine, and then the other survivors, you know, mm-hmm. Eb, Eb the poet. I don't know what all Ebony been through, but I know she's too anointed in poetry to mm-hmm. just be some yeah. little. I ain't right. never been through nothing. You're crazy. That's a I'm so and glad where, you said where that. You guys are. Where you, where you guys are right now is where I'm trying to get. You'll get there. You'll get there. You'll get there. And you'll get there quicker because <laughs> yes. you got a support base. Yes. And, right. and I was you something. because seriously, I was 21 trying to figure it all out. Yeah. I didn't want to get married mm-hmm. because of the same thing that Ashley talked talk, about. I didn't want to have children because I'll be real here. This will probably shock some of my Facebook people. <laughs> but I didn't want to have children because I didn't want to be a perpetrator mm-hmm. to my children. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to sit there and violate them. So I never wanted to have children. Wow. Mm-hmm. But when I lied, God Obviously. to do the work yeah. and I allowed him to give me truly beauty for ashes mm-hmm. I when I allow him to do that I'm telling you what as a 21 year old God started to transform my heart and he did a heart transplant and now today everything that I'm seeing that God That's has done great. in my life mm-hmm. I've been married to a faithful man for 12 years I have three children and a fourth or fifth one on the way Ooh, hallelujah okay. wow. Ooh, and the reason why all that stuff you happened, can do it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah Hey, <laughs> doing hey, what married folks do. Hey, <laughs> that's hey. right. <laughs> and 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 just seeing how God has continued to bless and yes. favor me in my career mm-hmm. was because guess what? I was you. And I allowed him to do the work deep in my heart, even to the point where I told God I was mad because how could he let something that's like that talk. happen? That's, that's real. real. And that's God can handle that. that. No, God, God can, can handle, handle that. that. Mm-hmm. When people say, don't question God, why not? If he's God and you tell me, come now and let us read right. together, yeah. I ain't question. Exactly. If he's God, questions. he can handle my questions. I oh, just yes. got to be ready for his, his answer. answer. That's yeah. real. Yeah. You know what I mean? And let me say something. For the parents who are watching, when you see your child's behavior go like way south you need to check up on that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because when you have a child you know happy-go-lucky doing what normal kids do and all of a sudden that child gets withdrawn that child starts you know uh, gets violent or starts doing something that's out of their norm something has happened to cause that child to change and and I'm bringing it up because I remember my mom said well baby that's around the time you changed so the family noticed the change. They saw it. The, everybody in the family noticed that mm-hmm. I changed, but nobody asked why. And that's why I work with young people today. It's not what they do. It's why they do. Yes. Right. Watch this. Preaching proclamation. Anybody can do it. Teaching explanation. Anybody can do it. Ministry is demonstration. Thank you. But you cannot demonstrate without showing me you. That's right. And young people require you to get on that level. Right. You right. feel me? And then when right. I get on your level and I can holler at you. And, you know, I'm looking That's at right. these sisters here. I'm looking at y'all. And y'all flashing. You got your little swagger. Young people look at that first. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Then they hear what comes out your face. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you you can say what you want. You said there's a Miss HR. You a person with her own business. A person mm-hmm. that started on. You know what I'm saying? You start looking at that. And you're like, well, yeah, I don't understand. And you looking at them going, no, baby. No. We no, tell you the real deal. <laughs> I know. Matter of fact, we, we get here. Because we embrace all of our life, right? You know, I'm not. I'm, I don't apologize for what I've been through. I don't apologize for the trips that I've been on because God kept me even in those. That's right. right. Yeah. That's and what true. you see is grace. Like what? this. Yeah. What? what grace looks like. What? Yeah. Nope. That's, <laughs> That's everything. You guys are what I aspire to be, especially for 
my daughter because I have to be a role model to be her. Fine. You will. Be fine. And I had stop, her. Stop at, beating yourself up, though. I, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, I'm myself's worst critic. Every one of us are. Every, I guarantee yeah. you. Yes. I guarantee you. Every one of us are. Yes. Can I say that? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Everyone. Everyone <laughs> of us yes. can speak for me on that. Yes. yes. And the thing that's so All painful C-Law. is you try so hard to be so perfect, you fail to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're over, so true. busy trying to get over your past mm-hmm. that you're not right. present, and then you're missing the future because yeah. you're still stuck in your past. Yeah. That's so true. you've got to breathe your way through it and not apologize. It ain't your fault the rascal exactly. did yeah. what they did. I had to tell myself, I had to go at 31, go back and talk to the eight year old Day Day yes. and tell him, man, what happened to you was not your fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had to tell myself that for years. Mm-hmm. You don't hear me. And now I don't do stuff because I feel like I had to based on what I, I what happened to me. If I do it now, I had to conclude <laughs> I wanted to. Yeah. 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 One other thing, it may help you to write out. Yes. I went I, I went through a class, matter of fact, at the church, and then another class um, about that. And the thing that helped me get over it was to sit and write it out because I was able to express it freely. Yeah, and I mean. Broke, broke down some te- a lot of tears like mm-hmm. but but that's how I got through it and just asking God God heal me because a lot of times what happens is people don't know the full story of what happened to them and so when I say God show me why am I this way and when he started breaking that down I'm like whoa I wasn't ready and then they had me write write if you gotta cry write and cry yes because the more you write it out the more you get it out and then you become free. So now somebody said, you were sexually assaulted, yeah. So what? It made me into a better person. Like like uh, Pastor Dre said, you come out of that. And I'm, I'm not a victim. Victor. Nope. I'm not a victim. Yep. I was, it's just I was one chapter in the story of our lives. Right. Um, Stephanie, again, tell us about your book. Um, the book is called Better Than That. Um, it is about four girls, mm-hmm. four teenage girls, mm-hmm. and some of the experiences that they go through. One goes through teen dating violence, um, being assaulted. Um, another one is dealing with her um, feelings of low self-esteem because she's overweight and her skin is dark, and mm-hmm. she just feels um, there's an issue with that. And um, the other young lady is going through teen pregnancy um, and trying to practice abstinence while she's got this boyfriend. Okay. And the fourth girl is just trying to keep them all together right. with all their drama. But um, so. the end result is great. So, okay. um, um, And it's turned into a play. We did it in Sumter, and it's going to um, take place on July 15th here in Columbia, South Carolina as well. Okay, y'all be looking for that. Ro, tell us real quickly about your event. So excited. I'm turning the big 4-0 this oh, year. Oh. I know I still look 25. Yes, honey. So we're going to turn up for the Rose Show Live experience. Okay. And it is on May 19th at the Medallion Center. Okay. And a portion of ticket sales go towards the Family Resource Center so they continue their great work. All right. Thank you all. This has been an amazing show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you all for yeah. being here. It was a divine appointment that you were here, Miss Ariel. I I pray that you um, keep what God just dropped in your spirit and um, that everyone continues to do their part in um, bringing awareness and helping each other out. I'm looking forward to the future. Again, thank you all for being here so much. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for the opportunity. One more time, uh, Miss Ashley, about the Hive community. How can people 
Yes, so they can. We are on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Our website is www.thehivecc.org. And our phone number is 470-5722. All right. So we provide every level of prevention from right. high school, college students, middle school, as well as going into churches as well. That's wonderful. So everyone, um, go and check out these um, young ladies and these young men and um, get, get the help that you need. Um, Lexi, you all right? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> okay. I, was, I was wondering why Lexi didn't say nothing. She was sitting over there traumatized. It ain't no color to this issue. This issue crosses all of it. Yes, it does. Yeah. Feel free to think freely. Will you give your life to Christ? It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know. All the stars are closer. All the stars are closer. Tell me what you're going to do to me. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.